Hello and welcome to episode number 30 of the Perth to Paisley podcast. It is a landmark episode and we've got a lot of stuff to speak about, so it's very fitting. I am one of your hosts, Daniel McIver, as always, joined by my co-host Adam Kennedy. Adam, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you mate. What about yourself? I'm good. I'm operating currently on three and a half hours sleep, so that's class. I noticed your uh, your tweets regarding the Royal Rumble, because obviously I started early morning. And yep. on the Perth to Paisley account, I've got your notifications on just in case oh, I <laughs> Oh my, I, I sh- honestly, I sent you the screen recording video, I forgot to say, I'm going to send you it because you went <laughs> nuts. Yeah. yeah, it's a big night in the wrestling world, however, that is not what people are here for. They're here for Heart of Midlothian chat, the football club that has played two games since we last spoke. They've won them both. And they've kept two clean sheets as well. A genuine phenomenon. However, before we get into the actual analysis of Hearts as a football club, I just wanted to quickly mention at the top of this the talk of the tune that we spoke about at both the beginning and end of last week. The talk of the tune kind of chat sessions that Big Hearts have been hosting through ourselves. Scars are in the funnel. This is my story and we have no cares. They started this past week. Uh, myself and Laurie Dunsire from Scars Around the Funnel hosted the first one last Tuesday. Adam was there for that one as well. And then, if I'm correct, Adam, it was Rob and Liam who hosted the Friday night session with John Calhoun. That is absolutely bang on the money, mate. Yeah, I, I sat in both, and both were very different sessions, but two two great nights, actually. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed them. Absolutely. It was just, it was a lot of fun. Um, for anyone who was maybe a wee bit hesitant about joining them totally understandable as you might think this isn't for me or this isn't my target kind of thing i'm okay i don't need any help that's that's fantastic first of all that you are feeling like that however that isn't necessarily what it's for yes of course we want to help people who are maybe feeling a bit isolated or anything like that but also it helped us i feel because it was just a group of people who all share a common interest and we're all just chatting about it um so I really would urge you, if you can, slash if you want to, of course not everybody wants to, but if you have the opportunity, please get involved. The next session is actually tonight as this podcast is going live, Tuesday the 2nd. It is with, the it's kind of a terrorist special. Uh, Robert Borthwick and Joel Sked are doing the Tuesday night one. And Adam, are you involved with the end of week one? Yeah, they're, they're sort of hoping to find me a co-host, I think. Um, I was going to say to you, mate, actually, because you've touched on, obviously, folk getting involved in, in whatever way that they can. This is essentially just a casual chat, and it's honestly nothing more than that. Obviously, John Cahoon was on recently, and he was top man, and basically the, the centre of attention, which was fantastic, because he was telling stories about, obviously, his heart's playing days, even got talking about stuff as random as, you know, Argentinian football. So, no, it was definitely worth it. And it's essentially, I don't want to say it's you joining the podcast, but that's ultimately what it feels like, would you not say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There was. We were very lucky um, in the first session we did, there was quite a few of our listeners, which yes. made it, which was fantastic. It's very surreal to kind of be speaking to people who actually in kind of consume content that you make. But there was stuff like that. So if you're... Even just want to speak to us, if you want to speak to guys from the Terrace, if you want to speak to the guys from the other podcasts, even if that's the only reason you want to join, no problem at all. All information is available on the Big Hearts website, Twitter page and Facebook page. So please get involved. It is a great laugh. And as I mentioned, the first session took place after the first game that we're going to be speaking about. Where, Adam, the last time we spoke, we had been kind of embarrassed by Wraith Rovers Football Club in what many said was a shock result, kind of. Uh, We played absolutely terribly. However, as Robbie Nielsen said, the positive was that we were playing them so soon after. So on last Tuesday night, Hearts took the trip to Starks Park. And in what was a lineup that was reasonably similar... Uh, there was only a couple of changes. Christoph Berra missed out due to injury, so Mihai Popescu came in, and Josh Janelli came in for Elliot Freer. But apart from that, the exact same team absolutely obliterated Wraith Rovers. 
Yeah, they did. Um, you know, it's funny. This is one of those games that when I'm sure the listeners are watching and they're probably thinking, well, at least Adam and Daniel will have plenty to discuss on the podcast. I, I would tend to agree with that statement had Wraith Rovers actually managed a shot at goal. I thought that we were absolutely superb. Um, I'm absolutely delighted with the response given, like you say, the, the same opposition had given us nightmares the weekend beforehand. And if I'm being totally honest, in my eyes, it's the most near-complete performance and without doubt our best league display of the season so far, given, like I say, we limited the opposition to not a single opportunity, kept a clean sheet, most importantly for me, and obviously scored four goals away from home. So absolutely chuffed with that. I could not agree more. Um, There was some kind of big talking point apart from the scoreline. The first goal came after 36 minutes. When you think about a game that was 4-0, you'd maybe expect the team to get in front earlier. However, the amount of chances we actually had, it was 4 going on 10. Jamie McDonald just put in another fantastic performance and rightly got their man of the match. Um, Liam Boyce, however, had a really nice little bit of link-up play. Uh, with Michael Smith to get the first one and then literally two minutes later Boyce was straight through uh, no sorry it was Halliday who missed the biggest chance I think I've ever seen yeah um, you know it's funny you talked about kind of just our dominance even at 11 versus 11 we seemed to start on the front foot I thought we were really mm-hmm. really menacing early on and that was kind of trademark hearts of old for me I know we're going to talk about the red card and that did have a bearing on the game. I mentioned that on the Talk Scottish Football podcast, which I was on, but I just thought that it was a thoroughly professional and incredibly dominant performance against, so far, the overachievers in the division. So, to an extent, Andy Halliday gets away with that. Mm-hmm. Sort of. I, I definitely I, d- I definitely agree. I think it's pretty hard to criticise anybody from a 4-0 performance. And, as I say... Two minutes later, Ewan Henderson gets a goal in what is his first goal for Hearts, and he will never get an easier one, will he? <laughs> no, he won't. Um, obviously, he's, he's got to be there to, to stab at home, and I dread to think what you would have said had he missed. I'm surprised you didn't touch more on the, the first goal, to be honest, because I, I loved that little Northern Irish link-up. I thought it was a really tidy one-two yeah. with, obviously, Smith and Boyce. And it's the type of sort of emphatic finish which is sort of slammed into the back of the net through sheer power, if nothing else. It's not like it's right in the corner. I think even, it's funny, after Boyce scores and the team obviously go, they do like some little huddle, obviously, in celebration, you just hear this total roar. And I feel as though that was just like, it was, it was as though he was just venting out all his anger and frustration up to that point. Um, and that seemed to be reflected in, in the finishing, putting us one up. Absolutely, and then, as we say, Ewan Henson kind of just it hits off him, but many will say the turning point of the game, although, as you can hear from both the way me and Adam are talking about it, we don't think it really affected it that much. Your mate, oh, he's had a nightmare few days against us. First he misses a penalty, and then he gets sent off for just needlessly stamping on Andy Halliday. I uh, I haven't felt it necessary to, to message Reagan. I, listen, I wouldn't go as far as to say that we're mates, but we'd, we'd obviously know of one another. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, what, what, what could I possibly say to him? And what would he say back to me? It's, you know, it's not, worth, it's not worth the interaction, is it? I really want you to just mess him going, fucking lol. <laughs> I think, oh, I was going to say, depending on how their season ends, I, I, I might drop mm-hmm. him a message, but probably not. I'm probably too much of a scaredy cat, to be honest. <laughs> well, that then meant that Wraith had no hopes of ever getting back into the game if they didn't already. So, a lot of the game from then on kind of just, as Adam said, there was no shot on target or in goal in general from Wraith. So, we had the lion's share of possession. And then, we got the debut of oh. our man, Nandwili. Now... Now, ladies and gentlemen, now, 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 now. So, before the game, if Nandwili was going to be starting, I had 
£4 on him getting a hat-trick. However, I had it void if he doesn't if he didn't start and he didn't start. So I was like, ah oh, well, that's fine. He then came on with half an hour and I was like, nah, come on. I'm not going to go for a hat trick, but I stuck four pound on him getting two. And uh, Adam, last week I spoke about how he's the greatest player ever. And he's he played twenty nine minutes of football and uh, how many goals did he score? <laughs> What I will say is... Answer the question! Answer the question! (laughs) He scored twice. Yes, he did. He won me £84. Wait wait a second, because that bet was phenomenal. However, (laughs) however, he did have the same amount of time at the weekend. I'm I'm just saying. But... Oh my God. But... We're going to get into that later. I'm going to rip you apart for that statement. What? He did. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. No, listen. I mean, the the stats, obviously, that emerged on Tuesday night um, speak for themselves. And I, I can't remember a cameo really like it off the bench, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, let's, let's put things into perspective. It's 10-man no, Wraith Rovers he's coming not, on again. No, come on. Oh, no, no come let's on. not do that, because the amount of people oh. who would come on against 10-man Wraith Rovers and do nothing. Actually, no, you, you say that. That's a great point. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Okay. So, as we have mentioned, Armin annually came on and caused havoc up until the 84th minute where Jamie Walker took a shot... Jim McDonald makes a save that is kind of uncharacteristically poor in terms of where he puts it. It lands perfectly at Nandoli's feet, passes it home. But then, his second goal comes in the 91st minute where a Stephen Naismith corner is swung in. And he jumps so high, it looks like someone's lifted him up. Yeah, it, it does. It's... Listen, the third's a great striker's finish, but what I will say is that Rovers didn't half shoot themselves in the foot. I, I seem mm-hmm. to, I mm-hmm. find myself making the same point on various sort of different outlets. But if you've got the personnel, then by all means play out from the back. If you don't, whether in this case that is down to fatigue, having literally chased the ball down all night as we talked about our dominance or whatever, then don't bother because as far as I'm concerned, it. It's only a recipe for disaster. The initial shot from Walker, who should have grabbed his goal that his performance mm-hmm. deserved, in my opinion, um, is obviously a disappointment to him. But it's it's fantastic forward play because ultimately he's there, big Nando to guide it high in the in the roof of the net. What I will say as well, you slated my pronunciation last week, and uh, Laurie Dunsire replicated that and. Listen, he's not been criticised as of yet, so... But... I still think he's wrong. Right, okay. Well, either way, we'll talk about the fourth, because like you say, that leap, oh my good... It's equivalent to like a basketball player. I honestly thought it was. Yeah. It's just... It's so pleasing as well. This is a bugbear that I've got, and I, and I have had. I don't know whether it's watching Hearts or whatever. I hate, absolutely hate when a corner doesn't beat the first man. So the fact that we've been able to see us make the most of it is so satisfying. And I saw comparisons and whatever with the Motherwell defender, um, Bevis Mugabe. He, mm-hmm. He'd been compared to Cristiano Ronaldo in the week, given his leap at Dingwall to score for Motherwell. And it's obviously, it's supposedly higher than one of Cristiano Ronaldo's. I would love to see how Nanduile compares to the pair of them. Yeah. Because it yeah, is it's, it's ridiculous athleticism and it's a superb striker header as well because it just it just nestles it perfectly in the corner out of reach from a great keeper in Jamie McDonald and then all the accolades came after that. It just is incredible. My favourite part of it isn't actually the goal despite it winning me my bet. My favourite part of it is Popescu behind him. Popescu was immense. Can I just he was say? he was absolutely fantastic. I actually thought Popescu was man of the match. I wouldn't disagree. 
I, I, I thought he looked so much more comfortable coming out from the back as well. And that wee bit where he just destroyed the two Wraith players and then put it on a plate for Walker. The club weren't half making the most of that though, were they? I know. I mean, honestly. <laughs> like, made... Listen, lads, he's been shite, but look what he did here. He's class now. I, I'm a fan of the Portobello Peel, though. They made him look like the Bucharest Beckenbauer. Um, just. Oh, no. No. <laughs> we can't do this, we're not, Adam. We're not, we're We've not, been blacklisted not, by not, some not, folk for coming not. up with the Portobello Peel, though. We can't how's, do this for everyone. How's that? Tell me. Laurie Dunsire. He oh, knows. No, of course, of course. No, we, 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 we won't make that a thing, but. Um, but yeah, no, it looked much more reassured and despite, you know, our our offensive um, relentlessness, oh, the clean sheet was so pleasing. Mm-hmm. The, only, yeah. the only real negative, trust me to find one, was... Fucking hell, man. Was, no, was the injury suffered to Josh Ginelli. And I say negative... Well, neg- this is what I was going go- to get on to. I say negative, but that's obviously entirely out with the players control, the coaching teams control, you know, it's just, it's one of those things. But ultimately, yes. like like I said earlier, it, to me, it was the most near complete performance and without doubt our best league display of the season so far, in my opinion. I, I would fully, fully agree. Um, but as Adam did mention, reasonably early on in inside the first 20 minutes, Ginelli, very similar to against our broth, um, seemed to just have an innocuous little moment where he played the ball. I think he shot and we just saw that he was down and Ewan Henderson came on. And it's just, it's so gutting. We have now had confirmation that Ginelli will be out for the rest of the season. The Obviously, he's only here on loan, but the rumour is that we've been opening contract talks. We will get into who has been brought in to replace him, but we'll speak about him just now. Would you like to see us sign him permanently? I knew you were going to ask me this question and I don't have a definitive answer because I keep debating over and over in my mind whether I would. I we, have a definitive answer. We, we, I mean, we we have seen... I know what you're... You're going to say that we should offer him a deal. We yeah. we have seen glimpses from him and he's looked good. It just... it. I think a key part of it is obviously the demands that he will have first and foremost... But in terms of kind of bringing somebody into the club that we've seen play, we know that he can perform. And it seems relatively risk-free. Like I say, it is just sort of dependent on the money. And, you know, given our track record, I can understand folks' scepticism. But he he's come out and said it himself that he's had no real sort of injury history. So... I'm not overly against it, to be honest with you, mate. I I really appreciated the fact that he came out so publicly to kind of shut down the injury problem. So did I. Stuff. Definitely. I I personally, I personally would like to see it. I do agree that it is probably going to come down to his money demands, but he seems really, he seems like he's enjoyed his time here. We, all the fans have taken to him really well. So, I definitely, definitely would like to see him renewed and back in the Premiership next season. However, from the fantastic result on Tuesday night, we then move forward to what is probably going to go down as one of the biggest games of the season. It is our most nearest rivals. Uh, Dunfermline, the team who have run us close, or as close as you can be in this division. When Dunfermline came to Tynecastle, how were you thinking, before you saw the team, how, how did you think this game would go? Oh, I, I think that everybody's got the right to have been so confident heading into that, given our midweek performance. I just, I just thought that from the highs of Tuesday night, I, I was left really low on Saturday. I don't know. It just, I just thought we were absolutely abysmal. And I know I'm going to get hammered for this, but I'm delighted with the win. Of course, it goes without saying. That's of course, you know, the most important thing. But it wasn't a classic by any manner of means, was it? It wasn't. However, I'm not going to get into it, but I do disagree with you. But we will will get to that when it comes to it. Because the most notable aspect of the team sheet was that Robbie ended up making two changes 
to the team that won 4-0 at Starks Park. One of them was enforced. Obviously, Josh Janelli could not play. So the sub who came off from Ewan Henderson started the game. But what was the main talking point was that Jamie Walker was dropped to the bench in favour of captain Stephen Naismith. Now, what was your reaction to that? Fizzing, because I, I, I wanted to get, obviously, your opinion, but I just thought that Walker was absolutely outstanding um, against Wraith at, at Starks in midweek. And I think it, it, it was a surprise sort of to see Naismith come back in for me. Um I, I wanted to actually say as well, I thought Gary Mackay-Steven was also really good in Kirkcaldy. Um, yes, he was. He was. But I, I, I wouldn't have been against the only change being that enforced change. Because I don't see w- what you're changing for. Well, arguably, he changed for a reason and that reason worked. Because, of course, Jamie Walker was a miss. And a lot of Hearts fans, including myself, was like, why isn't Jamie Walker starting? And then after the game, Robbie came out and said that his groin was a wee bit tight. However, the main reason that he wanted to have Naismith start and Walker come on is that he wanted Walker to come on in the last 20 minutes and win the game. Adam, what did Jamie Walker do? <laughs> he came on to win the game, which... I, listen, I don't know why you're sounding so smug because you give him absolute pelters every week. Well, this is the thing. <laughs> so, I was... Uh, we'll get into discussing the game generally, but we're going, we're going to move to the goal first, just because this is what people will want to hear. Listen, well, there's not much else to discuss, because they probably should have nicked the result, and on another day, could have nicked the result. Well, there definitely is something else to speak about. Oh, well, I know what you're going to say. But even then, that <laughs> that's, that's just down to them not having their shooting boots on. No. I disagree. I disagree. No, but anyway, no, we'll get we, to that. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna, we are going to get to that. Go on. Jamie Walker. So I was watching the game on a delay, right? <laughs> I was watching it on like a 45 seconds delay. Maybe I know a it's covered here. And uh, I was just sat watching going, all right, okay, we're not really creating much. And then suddenly my phone went mental. I got four DMs. And about 12 tweets. And I was like, what? And then Walker got the ball fed to him and did that spin. And I went, oh, he's just scored like one of the goals of the season. Honestly. You lot are committed. You lot. This is what my life is going to be now for as long as Jamie Walker is at this football club. Whenever he does anything remotely good, I'm just going to get tweets all the time. If I could sum it up in a word, I would opt for... Pleasing. But I, this is this was the thing that a lot of the people in the tweet said, right? A lot on. of people went, "You'll be gutted with that." <laughs> no, he's won us the game. <laughs> this is the thing. I want every single week for Jamie Walker that. to like personally attack me by being class. I want to sit here at the end of this year, going. I was completely wrong. Never listen to me about my football opinions again. I'm a <laughs> fucking idiot. With Jamie Walker on 21 goals. that I, I would never... Sorry, go for it. Go for can, it. can I get somebody to clip that up just before you said about the goals? <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. But that's... Like... So, at Newcastle and my English team and uh, Paul Dummett, right? I am not a fan of Paul Dummett, shall we say. Where are you going with this? But my mate hates Paul Dummett and he doesn't want Paul Dummett to do well. Even though he's a Newcastle fan, he doesn't want Paul Dummett to do well because he hates him. That's not where I am with Walker. I want Walker to be man of the match every single week because he should be. My frustration with him is that he can't replicate it every week. Yeah, that's the first big game he's turned up in. I, I listen. I I totally get it, and that is the primary frustration that we have with Jamie Walker because, on his day, he is a match winner, and he's just proved that at the weekend. Mm-hmm. We just, I, I was going to touch on it because you you mentioned the change with Stephen Naismith. So you're a fan of Naismith in the ten as opposed to Walker. No, no. Currently, no. Off the past week, 
So, for example, when we play Air on Friday night, uh-huh. I want I want Walker starting in that ten. Why? Is I that? just appreciate I, because he's. I don't think you should currently drop him on the form he's on. No, I I I, don't, I go along with that. But do you not think that Somerset's sort of? I, I don't want to say it's it's a minging venue for us to go to, but it's. You know, I I don't think it'll be as routine as folk make out. That's a, fair. A, a, error error on a high after the weekend. I think they beat Aloha four one. Going mm-hmm. down there, it, it'll probably be minging on Friday night. I I just I just feel like Stephen Naismith's experience in this particular occasion would be ideal. But like you say, then you can't drop Walker because of his goal at the weekend. But then and Naismith was terrible. Absolutely abysmal. Absolutely abysmal. I, I, I fully agree. I just feel as though every single every single time we tried to get forward, it just slowed it down for whatever reason. And I love Stephen Naismith. I, I, I was a big fan when he first signed. But it's getting to the point now where I'm getting annoyed at him trying to sort of, I don't know, it just gets on at others too much for my liking now. Initially, when he joined... And we had that rank team, one of many a rank team, um, and he'd slew folk quite rightly. I was like, this is brilliant. You know, it, we've essentially got a gaffer on the park that'll tear his teammates to shreds. Now I'm starting to think, if you focused on your own game rather than belittling everybody else, we'd work much, or sort of, we'd perform much better as a cohesive unit rather than you trying to dictate everything. And he slows the attacks down, or just... I, I watched it on Saturday and I'm thinking, what are you actually contributing to this team at present? You've got the arm, you've got the captain's armband literally over your bicep. What are you doing with it? I think. Um, Sorry. What was what was weird? No, that's class. <laughs> Get that clipped, everybody. That's instead of my weekly Walker rant, we've got Adam's Naismith rant. You know it's what's always gonna, the ten. You, you know what's going to happen now, don't you? He'll chuck Naismith in on Friday night and he'll bag a hat trick. <laughs> exactly. Um, what I found weird was that that for the majority of the seventy minutes Naismith was in the park, he was playing centre mid alongside Irvin. Yeah, it, it seemed like we were sort of trying to mould into a 4-3-3 almost as well, which... Halliday was like left wing. <laughs> which, again, I, I don't I don't understand. Can I just say, I touched on Gary Mackay-Stevens' performance in Kakodi. I thought he was absolutely non-existent on Saturday. Which, I felt bad for him though, because he yeah, was playing in the 10. Yeah, no, so, so, did I, so did I. It's as though everybody was constantly chopping and changing, trying to work out sort of... I don't know. It's like we were trying to work out the 11 that would ultimately see us create chances and take them. But it just, Mm -hmm. it didn't seem to arise. I felt as though in the first half, it just appeared to me as though if we were going to score at all, it would be from a set piece. They're the only sort of real half chances that I can remember before, obviously, the the key moment within the half. And even after it, up towards half time. Well... To kind of go back a wee bit, the game started almost in the worst possible way. Oh, God. Where Dunfermline had a really good chance, Michael Smith cleared off the line, and then Gordon tipped it past, and then not much really happened for a while until Craig Gordon pulled out a save that is like, it's so world class, but it's almost expected of Craig Gordon at this point. But it was so impressive that the Dunfermline player who was walking up to him, congratulated Gordon on him. And I just... We would not be in this league if Craig Gordon came in last January. Is perhaps one of the best statements and most obvious statements that either of us could make. I I, I couldn't agree more. Ryan Dow should score. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. But like you say, it's just an unbelievable stop. And it was basically... It's funny. It was basically a wake-up call for me in the game. I'm, I'm literally just about drifting off and then all of a sudden Dunfermline are in and you're sort of preparing for it hit, hitting the back of the net and it's one of those instances where your eyes just pop out your head and you just look so astounded you're like, how on earth has he just clawed that out? It was a ridiculous stop. A- absolutely top drawer. You you mentioned world class. I couldn't disagree. And then we've kind of spoken about the big moments because of course then Walker comes on with 20 minutes left does an incredible turn just in one second, puts it far corner, and then that's kind of it. So I want to kind of get a bit more general. 
You think we were abysmal? I do. Yeah, I thought I, I, I thought we were awful. I just I've carried my season ticket over till next season, so I opted to buy the pay per view, and I've never felt such a little return for eighteen pounds fifty in all my life. It was just such a tough watch, I, and I know that they say that it's a sign of champions when you win whilst not being at your best. I, I, I just expected more. This is a top-of-the-table clash. I'm aware of Dunfermline's poor recent form and that they're the current, you know, draw merchants of the division, if you like. But I just thought that overall it was a game that sort of lacked any real quality besides that Gordon save and the Walker winner. And obviously I watched it back before coming on air. How Hearts TV have managed to drag the highlights out over 11 minutes is absolutely beyond me. Um, because I thought, well, what I will say is, as much as I thought we were poor, I thought Dunfermline were excellent at kind of limiting us to sort of no real clear-cut opportunities. And like I said earlier, had they had their finishing boots on, I think we could have found ourselves on the end of another home defeat, which would have been 2-2. Two and two, But I just, I, I don't know... I just think that I was impressed with our fast start at Starks Park. I felt as though we got the polar opposite of that at Tynecastle against the Pars. You're right in that we probably should have been behind after 30 seconds. And it just didn't appear to ever sort of really get better from there, particularly first half. So. Here we go. I, I think that's a massive overreaction. <laughs> right. Okay. I, I don't think we were that bad. I thought we were awful. I, what I mean is, I don't think it was a good game. I think both teams just weren't very good. It was one of those games where it's a top of the two clash and they cancel each other out. <laughs> oh, I get what you mean. Because look at Liverpool Man United in that game in the week. Oh, don't compare it to that. Come on. No, my point, no, my point is, is that those were two teams that everybody went... It's first versus second at that point, or first versus third, I can't remember where it was. It's going to be really high action, but clearly it, that didn't work because Liverpool were at home, but missing key players, missing players that were sustainable in terms of getting them forward and attacking. And my United's approach was, I know we're top of the league, but if we get a result here, it's fine. We don't need to go for a win. Dunfermline were playing for a draw. Dunfermline weren't playing yeah. for a win. No, of course, and this is what I was going to say. Do you not think it's just so... That game to me on Saturday just epitomised kind of this modern football mindset, whereas it's a sort of... We're not we're not looking to go out and actively win the game. We maybe were because we're at home and we'd come off that high. But it's kind of like a... I don't know, it's, it's a... We're too scared to lose rather than going out to try and win the game. I, d- I don't think that is what it was. I think I think that would be fair if we started Walker. I think if we started Walker and played like that, you would kind of go, ah, what have we got? We've not got much on the bench. But Robbie explained his game plan in attempting to win was keep it nil-nil and get Walker and Nicky at the end of the game. Oh, come on. And that worked perfectly. You're not, you're not buying that, are you? Absolutely, because you see oh, it. Oh no! You Come see on, it, mate. Come on! Because by that logic, he would have. If he wanted just to, us oh, to blitz it, I he would have started Walker. Honestly, I cannot believe what I'm hearing. You, you're telling me that Robbie Nielsen actively set out to be drawing nil nil at home to Dunfermline and try and nick it late on. No, I'm trying. I'm saying that he wanted to keep Dunfermline to not scoring. If that meant that we just need to keep it tight until Jamie Walker comes on, then so be it. Every that, other home honestly. game this season, we've blitzed it. And then you also see Craig Gordon coming out in the press saying that he's been losing it in team meetings because he's sick and tired of the forwards going, well, we're scoring loads of goals, so it doesn't matter if we're conceding. I think Craig Gordon's also instilled a thing being like, no, we need to get it defensively sound, then we move forward. And again, I felt we were defensively sound on the weekend. I don't. I, I, I feel as though they... They could have and should have scored. Personally, I'm yeah, not, but I'm, we had that's. No, but we have Craig Gordon, so it's like you were saying. I I think they did have the shooting boots on. We just have a better goalkeeper than their strikers. I'm not. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that at all. I just, I, I don't know where we get this arrogance from. I, I no. I, I'm sorry. I I I cannot accept a Hartman Lothian manager 
telling me that he's actively trying to keep it at nil-nil. I don't know if he's trying to keep it at nil-nil, but he's trying to keep it tight when fans have been complaining that we're not keeping clean sheets. So he went and got two clean sheets on the back on the bounce and two wins. Which, uh, which again, I'll reiterate, I'm delighted with. But I cannot remember a clear-cut opportunity for us in that half. We're at home at Dunfermline. We're at home and have the chance to go 12 points clear of our nearest challengers. And we did. And ultimately beating them. But, but beating them convincingly. And we didn't get that on Saturday. I'm, I'm, I don't want to hear that. Honestly, I, I can't, be, I can't believe you're, you're buying that. I thought we were absolutely, I thought we were terrible. Like we were actually awful. See, I, I, I am fully agree with Robert Borthwick's appraisal where he was like, we got the job done. It was a sh- shoulder shrug of a performance. It was like, ah, well, it was a rubbish game, but we won. How many games have we seen like that? Like, I think, as I said at the start of the season, if we won every single game one 0 I couldn't give a shit. I just want to win games. I would much... Because we were more bombastic and going for it in the 3-2 game against Wraith and we were calamity. Whereas this time we showed it up. Yeah, I'm not trying to say the game was great. It was an awful game to watch. But we did what we needed to do. Got the... It went into a game against a team that we previously got beat by. Didn't concede where we previously conceded to. And got the important goal. I don't. I'm not trying to say that is exactly what I want to see every single week. I no. want to see performances like Wraith every single week. But the, if the, we the, get the performances most like Wraith, was the defensive tightening up. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you. I'll, Absolutely. I'll, I, I agree with you there. But I just. I don't know. I just thought offensively we were really poor, and I don't know whether, like I say, it's just down to the inclusion of Naismith or. Gary Mackay Stephen, we've touched on as a potential match winner. I felt he couldn't get in the game. We're obviously missing mission, missing Josh Janelli. Um and it just I don't know, I just felt it was so flat. I was looking for I think I agree, I right? For something. I agree. It just it it just didn't it didn't seem to arrive. I, I'm not gonna disagree with any of that. It was a rubbish game, but I just don't think it was abysmal. I've seen us play I've seen us play at least Three games this season, far, far worse than that in oh, the league. And we've been beaten. Listen, you, you can get the catalogue of some dreadful Hearts performances. Like you say, the win is the most important thing. And I, I'd, be, yeah, kid, I'd, I'd, I'd rather... be kidding myself on if I didn't believe that having won and not conceded, I wouldn't have been chuffed, regardless of whether it was 1-6-0. or six nil. Yeah, because... Exactly, because, let's be totally frank, goal difference isn't really going to affect no. our position in the table. No, you're right, you're right. So all I mean, I'm like I say, I'm not being like, I'll, that's exactly what I want, nothing more, yep, take that. But I'm just going to be like, <laughs> I'm just going to be like, well, it was a rubbish game where I don't think either team was very good, and we managed to nick it. What I will say, to, to counter my previous argument is, the fact that we, in my opinion, we're so poor and have managed to grind out a result against one of the better perceived teams in the division is very encouraging. Because... Exactly. That it should... We should face... How am I trying to word this? We should face no tougher test than that. And we've come out with a win, so I can't really say anything. You know, they, they say it's a sign of champions when you win whilst not being at your best. So... I mean, is, is that the league done for you now, then? No. No, it's not. Well, I'm glad that we agree on that. Because of... Yeah. What, what are you going to say? Well, just to slightly go back, I'm going to... I sent out a tweet at the weekend. And it was that I have worked out how me and Adam analyse games. <laughs> and I think it directly plays into why you thought we were abysmal and I thought it was fine. <laughs> go on. And... And why I think I get more annoyed at certain things than you. So I think I analyse the game by the players. You analyse the game by the team. I'm intrigued. Go on, carry on. So, what I mean is, see in that game, I had a bigger issue with Ewan Henderson's performance than the team's performance. And Stephen Naismith's. And Stephen Naismith's. And I had a bigger positive with Popescu's and Jamie Walker's. Oh my god, you've actually cracked it. Now I'm starting to... The the cogs are starting to turn in my noggin. 
And Whereas I, with I you, you're spot you on. view it, you view it as, and listen, that's not a positive or a negative either way. It's a, for example, my way of looking at it can be a positive because I go, well, no, I see things there that make it all work together, and if we improve on those individual things, the team will come together. However, many could argue that's quite a short-term mindset looking at it. Um, whereas I'm just looking at the players when it's like, no, the positive of yours is that it can be quite a long term because you can be looking at it going, no, we as a squad and a team and a cohesive unit Needs need to move towards this goal. Different aspects or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Whereas yeah. the negative is that you could said. dismiss individual brilliance to get a win and just go, no, we shouldn't have won even if we did and are climbing. I, I actually think you've genuinely just cracked that. I was so intrigued when you messaged me to to go down. I thought whether you just look at it as you view it from a defensive aspect, I view it from an offensive aspect. But now that you've actually broken that down, I think you're bang on the money, mate. I really do. It just You spoke about individual brilliance. Let's talk about Jamie Walker. His, mm-hmm. his performances recently. Is this leaving you encouraged? Are you prepared to go back on your word or has he got to you know has he got to kind of assert himself in a in a run of games you know what 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 are you hoping for for jamie walker from this next batch of fixtures if you like what i'm hoping from jamie walker is that he plays every game and the minimum is just that he looks lively and looks involved and that you don't if we don't get a good result or something like that i can't go that was jamie walker's fault you want to be interested regardless. Yeah, I don't. I'm not saying I need him to score every game or I need him to get an assist every game or anything like that. I'm just like, just look interested. Look like you actually want to give it a go. Like, for example, I would never say that Smith and Kingsley never look like they don't want to give it a go or Boyce. Like, those players, regardless if they're having a bad game individually, I will always say they look like they give a shit. That's that has been my main complaint about Walker was that for so many games he's looked like he's not cared. This past week, it's like he's had a proper kick up the arse and just been told, um, maybe it was listen, we'll get into it in a minute. Maybe it was Robbie saying, I'm signing a new player that could potentially take your spot. You need to prove to me why you're you should stay in the team. And if that is the case, he's absolutely he couldn't have had a better week. No. because because ultimately he's answered his manager's claims. That's fair enough, mate. I I wanted to get your opinion as well on the goal because I had a discussion at work today with, with my colleague Alan. Shout out Alan if you're listening. Um, and we obviously discussed the Walker goal. He's sort of sceptical in that he feels as though it might be a cross for Liam Boyce. What, what do you think? Oh, I, I personally don't think it is just because he hits it, it. I think he hits it with his laces. Yeah. I, I, do you know what? I, I, I'm in two minds because I feel as though he puts it in the mixer in the hope that he either creates for boys or scores, and ultimately yeah, it might he's be done a half one of the and two. Half. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that that's just my personal opinion, but no, that's 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 fair enough. I I just wanted to get your view on it because I, it's a great goal and the the continuous touch to take it away from you and Murray. Oh that's the more impressive God. thing. The, oh. the, the finish is so and so, but it's the touch. Oh, ridiculous! It was, it was Dennis Bergkamp esque. All right, calm the fuck down. No, but it, was, it was. It was a ridiculous <laughs> take. It was very good, but we can't go from Jamie Walker shouldn't be in the team to he's done a thing that Bergkamp would do. <laughs> <laughs> he should be in the team. I think he's he's the Dennis Bergkamp to well, Arm Arman Nondwier can be our Thierry Henry. There you go. Oh, fantastic! No, I, absolutely fantastic. I, I I would go as far as to say that Jamie Walker's it's in the top two touches that I've seen this weekend. What's the other one? Did you watch Liverpool West Ham? Is it Salah's touch? Oh, mate ridiculous but I'd say Walker's is better there you go <laughs> uh, just before that's us basically finished up on the Dunfermline game before we move on to the exciting stuff I just wanted to pick up on something that you mentioned at the start of this what, what's your issue with Nandwili's performance on Saturday it's just uh, well it's not my issue with his performance it's my issue with how carried away the fan base gets they, they, he scores a brace in half an hour at Starks Park. 
essentially gets the same amount of time at Tiny against Dunfermline, and he goes missing. So if you're judging him off the half hour against Wraith, and he's the best player in the world, as you put it, what does that make him against Dunfermline? Well, no, you just go, he's played an hour of football and scored twice. I'll take that. Oh, yeah. oh, I knew you'd find some loophole surrounding it. That's true! I, I, he's no, played I an, knew you would. I know. He's played an hour of football with one training session, I think. He hadn't played since the beginning of December. He's played an hour and he scored two. No, I, I, I'm, I'm delighted. Of course I am. But let's just rein it in. Just relax. No. No, come no. on. No, come on. No, uh, honestly, and now no, we're going to move on to the bit where I'm, I'm getting even no, more excited. No. Stop a second, because <laughs> this was my biggest fear. This is what this is what happens. You're going to get gassed because of these two arrivals. I know it for a fact. Just, we're going with the league. Oh. The, the fucking Champions League, that is. Oh, my God. Just calm down. Right. We move in to the January transfer window. Here we which, go. As we are recording this, is open for the next three and a bit hours. So Hearts, go and just not do anything after like half nine. That'd be class. Because then this won't be immediately uh, outdated. Uh oh. You what? say that. No, I'm only Have kidding. we got. No, oh I'm my god! I'm like, oh no! Twitter! I hate you so much. I'm like, uh, this entire show so far, I've just been refreshing it, being like, I will get something. Fuck's sake. Right, anyway. As Josh Janelli did get hurt and out for the rest of the season, Robbie Nielsen said that he wanted to sign another winger, and he has done that. He has signed the services of loan until the end of the season from Coventry City. It is Gervain Castanier, the Dutch winger. Um, he, I'm not, listen, you're speaking about how you don't want me to get too excited. Coventry fans are pretty chuffed he's away. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I've not seen kind of a gutted he's left tweet yet. However, in his interview with HotsDB, he said that Coventry don't actually play with wingers. Well, I was going to say, because he also said that he was intrigued to play in a in a four three three, which kind of makes me obviously encouraged that he wants to come and play. So it it may just be the case. I, listen, I'm not going to kid on like I've I, I'm a Sky Blues diehard. And I know everything that there is to know about Coventry City, but yeah, that, thanks for thanks for doing business with us because I don't know whether he fits into your club or not. Well, this is the thing, Adam. Are you a fan? Of Game of Thrones. I've never seen Game of Thrones. Right. There is a family in it named the Lannister family. Uh-huh. Okay. You just had a load of folk turn off here. I know I have. But still, it's it's <laughs> it's got on. a point. I promise it has a point. <laughs> okay, go on. Uh, basically, they are kind of the evil family, if you want. Oh, uh, Jesus. Here we they go. Have, they, have, they have two of the best characters. However, every house... In Game of Thrones has a theme, like a music theme. Right. They're basically Hearts fans always worry about songs for new signings. We have a ready-made song for Gervain Castanier because the Lannister theme is called "The Reigns of Castamere." Oh God! <laughs> so we can just now it doesn't have any lyrics. It's just it's just really lovely, intense string music. But Scott Wilson can play that. So what you're expecting that to be his his uh, his goal song? I want that to happen. He fucking if anybody has watched Game of Thrones, which I know a lot of people who listen to this actually have. Imagine Adam doesn't understand this, right? And I know Adam doesn't understand this, but I'm doing this for you lot. Imagine we're we're all in Tyne Castle somehow. Just imagine we're there. End of the month. Chop. Um, Gervain Castanier gets the ball and scores it. And then he runs to the corner flag and just shouts something about paying their debts. And that plays, oh, it would be fucking class. That is the only reason I'm buzzing about this signing. What I would like the listeners to do now is, having heard MacIver's spiel, um, 
where this tweet goes out with this episode of the podcast, if you just want to tag at Scott Wilson in the replies and see where <laughs> see where we've gone in terms of, you know, give him a, a minute number and second number to hit and just say, listen from here and you never know. You you could you could have your own sort of portobello pierlo moment here. <laughs> He's going to be rubbish and he's never going to score, so we're never going to get the moment. Uh, You know how he's going to be rubbish, though, don't you? Because we've chucked out the highlight video as though he's Aryan Robin, whereas in reality, he's going to look like he's been robbing a living. So... No, no, we're letting that fucking silence hang. (laughs) Do not try and move on from that shit. I'm leaving that pause in. Your audio didn't just drop off, folks. I was just so disgusted with that pun, I couldn't physically respond. I love it chucking out these puns at the minute. Um, I know you do. I've, I've not got a Scooby where there is any good. Uh, again, similar with it if Nando signed, I'd, I'd only seen the name before. C- couldn't tell you a single thing. Obviously, Hearts TV did the interview and he talked about uh, his strength, his dribbling, so that's you know nice that he's got. Spoke about De Vries. And yeah, Zifuk. he's got he's got a desire to attack. He's obviously done his research. Didn't he mention Kenny Anderson? That's a bit of a shame. <laughs> to me, to me, it just sounds like he's like an old-fashioned type that he's kind of. If he's shown down the line, he'll try and do his best to kind of hustle and bustle his way to take you on and get past you. So, from that sense, it's good, and. I've got to be honest. Had Lewis Moore not left the club on loan, I wouldn't have been again. I wouldn't have been for this signing. I'd, I wouldn't have seen the need for a winger. But now that he's away, and big Jim, was it Gervain Castanier? We'll go with Gervain. <laughs> yes, it is Gervain. <laughs> he, he, he's he's gonna play. So great. Got got a wealth of experience. Played in a few different countries. So that's got to be a bonus. Just please be good. That would be nice. I also liked how he said that thing. It was like, you can never say no to a club like Hearts. I liked that. Yeah. We we need like a a compilation of these sorts of phrases <laughs> to, to entice people to swap their club for Gorgie. Exactly. However, the one thing that I am legitimately really excited for and the one that Adam is furious at that people are having fun and that people <laughs> are on Twitter are also excited How about. dare you get excited! Exactly. Just be fucking realistic and just think they're going to be bang average and leave again. Fuck off enjoying your football. That's that's Adam Kennedy. Whereas me, Daniel McIver, is absolutely buzzing about Paul Hartley 2.0, oh. Aaron McNeff from Shamrock Rovers for a fee in the field. See, there's some people say it's 150. Some people say it's 200. It's in that rough kind of amount I'm buzzing with this it's a box to box midfielder and we've been crying out for one of them for years we have and I, I couldn't give a toss what the fee was if he if he plays like Paul Hartley with one leg uh, this is another who I, I again I can't say I've seen any of he seems to have earned rave reviews um, with the performance against Milan in this season's Europa League which sounds brilliant so I think it would be very harsh of Jambos to automatically dismiss the League of Ireland as though it's a farmer's league. Um, I just... I, I, I obviously went onto his Wikipedia to try and, you know, gauge some more about him. I see that Tim Sherwood described him as a young Roy Keane, which I will certainly take. Um, and like you say, box to box is all I wanted to hear. So if he can contribute at both ends of the park, then that's excellent news. And I would probably argue you're going to hate me for this, that we're needing that a little bit defensively more than offensively in order to get the best out of Andy Irving, in my personal opinion. Well, as you said there, Tim Sherwood spoke about him. Our, one of our favourite people, Stephen Elliott, was asked about him Love on Twitter. And Sleeve said he has impressed immensely in the League of Ireland past few seasons. I've seen quite a bit of him. He's energetic, technically astute, and can score a goal. Would add something to the current set, heart setup. Definitely good age also. And I think we mentioned that Coventry fans don't seem as bothered to let Castanier go. Shamrock Rovers fans, it's like the end of the world has happened that Aaron McNeff is gone. 
Yeah, they seem devastated. And another thing which I was encouraged by, aside from obviously the usual complimentary spiel, I found his stuff regarding Joe Savage interesting. The fact that he's obviously been on his radar for quite some time. I don't know whether he was a former Preston target or what have you, but he also talk, also mentioned his um, his international desire, having been called up to the Republic of Ireland squad uh, back in November. So he strikes me as somebody who's obviously aware of the opportunities that should arrive with being a Hearts player. And yeah, you say that I'm not excited. I'm not excited, but I'm not anxious. I'm just eager to see what he can do. And listen, he's got to go out and earn my trust, earn my praise. There you are. There's there's the challenge. Well, I love him already. He's got a nice wee voice. He looks class, and he's got to just be Paul Hartley, and we've not had that in 16 years. So, it's happening. We've got to get Europe. We've got to split the old firm first season back up, with him in the middle, Nand Willie up top, and this new Game of Thrones boy out wide. It's got to be absolutely class. Is, is the, is the, I can't believe he's going to be known as the Game of Thrones boy. Is, <laughs> yeah, that's his new name. Is he not, is he not alone till the end of the season? Yeah, but he's got to be class, so we've got to we'll sign him permanently on a, a five-year oh, deal. Oh my god! And then he'll get injured in his first Premiership yes, match, exactly, and never play football again. Fantastic! And then he will I be. Can't wait. Then he will be robbing a living. Stop it! Stop <laughs> trying to get this fucking pun. I'm just into praying. This. I'm praying this is the title. You have no idea how pleased I was as soon as I thought of this. <laughs> For God's sake! However. It's not just been incomings through Heart of Midlothian's transfer deadline day. The only one we currently have confirmed is Lewis Moore, as Adam mentioned, has joined our growth on loan until the end of the season. What do you think of that? Pleased. I'm very pleased. I think it's imperative that Lewis Moore gets the game time that he's obviously craving and that just doesn't appear like it's going to be the case here. So... I feel for him to an extent as well because I, I mentioned it a pod or two ago that it looked as though he was going to really kick on under Stendhal and obviously that then, you know, that opportunity is then taken away from him. So, I don't know. Dick Campbell seems to have a good record with kind of young players that he's previously taken on loan. So, this mm-hmm. might just be the making of Moore. We're, we're kind of yet to see and hopefully he can nail down a, a first team spot. Um, at Gayfield so fingers crossed that he can make the most of the opportunity and then I don't know is his deal not up come the end of the season no it's an extra year right so it's, it's I don't want to say that it's crunch time but certainly he'll be looking to really kick on and I think if he can nail down a first team spot at Arbroath then we'll just need to wait and see what happens when he comes back for next pre-season it's a bit crazy that we're talking about that already but Good luck, Tom. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he impresses. Absolutely. And then, as I say, he is the only one we currently have confirmation of. So we do apologise if in the next few hours there are more outgoings and we don't speak about them just now. We will speak about them next week. However, one that I wanted to touch on because it's looking pretty likely is Craig Whiten is apparently going to be signing at the very least a pre-contract with Dunfermline and potentially going out on loan to them for the rest of the season. Yeah, I was intrigued to get your thoughts more so. Um, I just feel as though Whiten, again, it's kind of... We've been waiting for so long to see something. And then once we get something, it just appears as though he's just discarded. I don't... Listen, we we touched on a couple of weeks back, he was omitted from a squad. Was it not... Was it Wraith at home or somebody No, it was um, Aloha away. Aloha away, that's right. And um, I think th- I think the writing was on the wall from then, wasn't it? Really, it just yeah. you know if 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 Jordan Roberts is going to take your place up front, then that ultimately does spell the end. So I I feel for Whiting as well because he's obviously worked. I think COVID was the best thing that happened to him, and that he obviously worked hard, kind of grabbed the oppor- the few opportunities that he got under Nielsen, scored in that semi final. It just seems a bit. It doesn't really sit well with me that we're just sort of passing him off now, given the money that we obviously paid for him 
and Levine's tenure as well. So it's one of those things. Ultimately, he's not developed as much as we'd initially hoped. And yeah, I, 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 I'm left a little bit sad about it, if I'm honest, which, again, highlights just how much of a game that he was coming on to because had you said that to me a year or so ago, I'd have just dismissed it and just gone, cool, see you later. I I feel exactly the same. I'd, I'd really like us to keep him uh, for the rest of the season, mainly because I worry if either Boyce or Nandwilly gets hurt, we're down to just one up and top. Then, and then Jordan Roberts can go on the bench again. Yeah, which is worrying. <laughs> um, but I, that's kind of where my main thing is. I feel bad for him because he is the definition of taking an opportunity with both hands. Yeah. Um, he just... Listen, when Robert Borthwick was on this podcast, we laughed about the suggestion of Craig Whiting coming into the team. And then two weeks later, he gets a hat-trick against Wraith. And no exaggeration here, has literally written himself into the history books of this club because he scored a goal against Hibs in a Scottish Cup semi-final at Hamden. How many people can say that? Like, very, very few. You can count them on one hand. Paul Hartley, Um, Edgaris Jankowskis and Liam Boyce. Exactly. There you go. It's three. It, it, it's, it is a shame. It's definitely a shame. Um, however, I imagine his contract's obviously up in the at the end of the season. I imagine it's down to him wanting stability, which I'm never going to say he shouldn't be doing that. He's about to have a baby. He's having a family. He wants to have stability in his football, and he wants to be he wants to be playing football. It is clear what. Dundee fans have been telling us for years is actually true there's definitely a player there there's definitely a talent there so I hope he absolutely smashes it wherever he goes if it is Dunfermline the rumour was also Hamilton and Dick Campbell was apparently trying to get him as well as Lewis Moore wherever he goes I hope he stays in full time football because I'd be kind of gutted if he went there both like part time but then again, at our brothy, it did look so promising. So perhaps there is a home there, and obviously he's a Dundee boy in that Angus region. It's not overly that far away, so I could kind of see it. But if you're if you're asking me, of course you've got to go to the par, surely. Yeah, you have to imagine that is the case. However, we don't know for sure. Um, maybe you guys do, as you're currently listening to this. We we don't know currently. Um, just before we go, I want to actually touch on something that you mentioned there. We have made four signings this window. Three of them have all individually mentioned how Joe Savage was crucial in getting him, in getting them into this club. He has only been here a matter of weeks, and so far we've signed Kingsley a new deal, signed Michael Smith a new deal. We've brought in four players, and three of them have said him as a main reason he has proven already a fantastic addition yeah I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie I'd have been gutted had we ended this episode without you mentioning that so well done um yeah it just it seems to me as though we've got somebody that just he's just got a general know-how and obviously has contacts at his disposal seems as though he's been a very useful acquisition already and long may it continue let's just hope that Obviously, the signings that he's brought in on deadline day can be hits. It looks like, if we're going off the Kirkcaldy performance, that Gary Mackay-Steven will be a hit. Same with Big Nando. So, yeah, it's a, it's a superb start. Let's just keep it going. Absolutely. So, thank you very much for listening. We will be back next week where we'll be speaking about the air game if there has been any other movement in the transfer window, we will mention it there. Oh, and hopefully. Oh, sorry. Oh. No, I was going to say, but before before you go, or before you kind of wrap up, here's hoping that Hearts have announced the pre-contract signing of Stuart Finlay. Very true. I don't think I don't think they will. No, neither but, do I. But fingers crossed. And an Andy Irvin new deal, please. Yep, and an Andy Irvin new deal. Well said. That, that they are my only two wishes. Please and thanks. Bye. Is that it? That it? <laughs> so yes, massive thank you for listening. Um, as we said tonight, if you listen to this on the day it comes out, seven o'clock, sign up for the Joel Sked and Robert Borthwick talk of the tune. We will also have future ones throughout the weeks. So just go to Big Hearts' Facebook page, Twitter page, or website. You can get involved. We are at Perth to Paisley on all the social media. Perth to Paisley 
on YouTube as well. I just want to say this at the very end, actually. We are just about to hit over 11,000 listeners. An insane, insane number. So just if you've listened once and thought, this is rubbish, or if you're one of those people that we see every single week on Twitter interacting with us and you listen to every single show, we're at episode 30 now. It's not showing any signs of slowing down or stopping. And the opposite. It is, yeah, absolutely. And it is all because of your support. So I won't speak for Adam. I'll let him speak. But I, I, personally, just a massive thank you to the entire Hearts community. It's fucking insane that you want to listen to us speak about Hearts this much, this regularly. Um, and it is just much appreciated. I I initially started Perth to Paisley out as, as a blog. Um, but then obviously... Through meeting Daniel, it just appeared to me that we had to make a podcast at some stage. So he's obviously been fantastic. There's lots of work that he does behind the scenes that goes unnoticed and doesn't blow his own trumpet out of that. So massive thank you to obviously yourself, mate. And of course, we wouldn't be in the position that we're in without the fantastic loyal listeners. So really appreciate your listenership. And yeah, this is hopefully just the the first 30 of what we hope will be a long tenure discussing the roller coaster ride that is Heart of Midlothian Football Club. So, from the pair of us, cannot stress it enough. A massive, massive thank you for your listening. Like you say, whether it's only a minute, whether it's the entire 30 and beyond. So, we love you all and thank you, Heart of Midlothian family. Absolutely. So, if you want to get in contact with us to tell us how amazing we are, we are at Perti Paisley and Everhin. Where can they get you individually? on social media they can get me on all the socials at Adam T. Kendall and yourself mate I am at McIver the Mark please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice it massively massively helps we will see you next week for episode number 31 hopefully with a win surely we will see you next time one of the JTs.